2: Friday morning at Wax. Good morning. Bob and Joe, with you here at the shank of the day, baby. And it should be, a, well, maybe a little wetter day if you're going to high school football tonight. Maybe plan to take a poncho along or something. There is a chance of rain out there. Derek Dahlman will join us a little bit later on over at Skywarn 13. We'll get a more definitive look at uh, when and how much rain we uh, will probably get later on today and into tomorrow as well. But temperature's still going to be nice. By Tuesday, it'll be 85 again. So, again, we're looking at uh, awfully nice temperatures here. Good weather to finish this crop off, and hopefully it uh, stays this way so we can finish it up and get a good crop. Lots of things to talk about because we had lots of things going on yesterday. I was uh, battling traffic in Minnesota trying to get my son home from the Army on leave for the first time in an awfully long time i got that job done and jill was down on the uh, anabas farm down in arkansas how'd that go
0: yeah it went really well it was actually unique to see um somebody from the government come in i have not taken part in that
2: stuff so i know that's why i sent you down there alone it's a good learning experience for you. yeah i know (laughs) i remember way back when in the in the summer of '88, the drought of '88, Dick Ling came into the Kenny Felch farm, and here in Eau Claire County, and uh, what it's like to deal with Washington, and it's not getting any better. <laughs> so I was—I knew you'd have quite an experience down there, but uh, you know, when you got when I'm not there, you gotta think on the—you think on the fly. I did. I did what I could. Yeah. that's um, it.
0: But we were to the Don and Chris Annabiz farm. Yep. Um, organic farm, very nice setup. A lot of people there. A lot of, um, a lot of good conversations talking about their new uh, smart climate commodities program, and it was. I, I learned a lot. A I beautiful guess that's
2: day. That. yeah, beautiful day to be oh, on the farm.
0: Beautiful day.
2: So, uh, good. That's good. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack, of course, was there to explain that program, and uh, we'll get some of his comments. Joe's put together some of that, so we'll hear from him. It's also horse and pony pulling weekend over in Menominee. That'll start later today. Les Vold is going to join us as we talk about the horse and pony pulling, the national horse and pony pull. That's coming up. In Menominee tonight, tomorrow, and on Sunday, and lots of other activities going on around the area too. As uh, we continue on, and Chippewa Falls, of course, it's Oktoberfest. So uh, Jill will be the first one there, so she can <laughs> get her favorite beer. Right? You bet. <laughs> you you bet. You're not much of a beer drinker. I am not. Well, that's all right. That's it just right. leaves
0: more for everybody else.
2: There you go. <laughs> what a gal. She's thinking of everybody else. So we got lots to uh, talk about this morning. Railroad strike, maybe that's the most important story of all. This railroad strike, not going to happen. And maybe that's probably the most important story that we have because they did settle that. And uh, after the long series of talks, they got it settled. That would have, the supply chain is upside down already. What would that have meant? Now, we will have some effects still because they were preparing for a strike, and so some of that stuff has to be undone, so to speak, so they can get back on their normal routes. The Amtrak trains, they rescheduled because they thought if a strike happened, a lot of these cargo trains would be sitting in the middle of the track somewhere, and so some of those things have to be undone. So we'll still feel a little bit of if we would have had a railroad strike, but not going to happen. The administration, the transportation secretary, and uh, railroads, and uh, the unions all got together and worked it out. So there is no railroad strike, as we said. That's probably the biggest story of the day. But uh, as you can tell, there's lots going on, and we'll get into it right now. Well, how about the weather first? That's always where we start. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Chance of rain around the area as we get into today later on. High school football might be a little damp tonight. We'll find out how damp it might get. But about 77 for the high, so it won't be a cold rain. Showers overnight down to 62 tomorrow. Partly cloudy, some lingering showers into Saturday, it looks like, 81. Partly cloudy, partly sunny on Sunday, 79. It looks like full sun on Monday and 80 degrees, another dandy. 85 and partly cloudy on Tuesday, 77. Partly cloudy on Wednesday. Right now we got a very nice uh, 61 degrees here in the Chippewa Valley. It's been a nice night in 64 right now. It's good. We're busy. We did mention Brent Wink coming in. Brent, it's always here on a Friday during the planting, growing, and harvesting season. One of those days, we got to get 10 pounds in a 5-pound bag, so we better get at it. It's about a minute after 5. This is 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire News Time.
3: NBC News Radio, I'm Trey Thomas. A special master is being appointed to review documents seized from former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate. Brian Schuck reports.
4: Veteran New York federal judge Raymond Deary was selected on Thursday to act as an independent arbiter while reviewing the sensitive materials. Deary was put forward as a possible candidate by Trump, a decision that was backed by the Justice Department. The FBI's seizure of documents from Trump's home is part of a criminal investigation into Trump's possession of classified information. I'm Brian Shook.
3: President Biden is cheering his administration's work to address issues within the Latino community. On Thursday, he kicked off Hispanic Heritage Month with a speech at the 45th Congressional Hispanic Caucus in Washington, D.C.
5: Since I've been in office, we've created nearly 10 million jobs, a record for any presidency at this point. We saw the biggest one-year drop in Hispanic unemployment on record.
3: Biden also highlighted an effort to fix the immigration system while also working to preserve and fortify DACA. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky says a mass burial site has been found in a recently recaptured Ukrainian city. A top Ukrainian official said that 440 graves were found in the city of Izium. The Virginia Parole Board is denying convicted sniper Lee Boyd Malvo's first application for parole. The decision comes nearly 20 years after Malvo and John Allen Mohammed shot and killed 10 people in the D.C area malvo now 37 was given three life sentences without parole when he was 17 but virginia now allows parole consideration for juvenile offenders serving at least 20 years you're listening to nbc news radio
6: Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
2: Once again, a chance of rain as we go through the day today and it looks like into uh, overnight and early Saturday. Temperatures warm 77 today, 81 tomorrow. Sunday, 79. Partly cloudy. Should be good weather for the uh, Bears and the Packers on Sunday night at Lambeau Field. Might be a little wet at Camp Randall tomorrow. Yeah, you know which one I'm going to. It's sitting in the rain. Monday, though, it'll be a dandy again 80 and the full sunshine. Right now sixty two in Rice Lake, sixty-one in Medford, sixty in Marshfield, sixty-eight in La Crosse, Green Bay 61, Madison, Sun Prairie at 65, Milwaukee at 66, and here in the Chippewa Valley, 64 degrees on a Friday morning at Wax. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Rural
5: Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin.
6: It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's
2: Friday and let's look at the markets on a Friday morning courtesy of Rural Mutual Insurance. And Jill, the livestock. Choice-fed
0: beef steers are 135 to 156 with mixed at 111 to 134. Choice-fed whole beef heifers are 135 to 154 with mixed at 90 to 134. Choice-fed Holstein steers are 126 to 138 with select and silage-fed steers 110 to 125. Cows are 72 to 98, with bulls at 75 to 113. Butcher hogs are 70 to 103. Sows are 32 to 64, with boars at 25 to 38 and a half. Shorn market lambs are 95 to 110. Unshorn market lambs are 90 to 104. Feeder lambs are 100 to 200. Ewes are 55 to 100. Small goats are $10 to $160. Medium goats are seventy-five to three hundred two dollars. Large goats are one hundred to four hundred eighty dollars. With nanny goats at fifty to three hundred twenty dollars.
2: At the Mercantile Exchange, live cattle and hogs were higher. Feeder cattle were lower yesterday. October live cattle one forty-five sixty-two up one twenty-seven. December also up one twenty-seven at 151 at one fifty-one thirty-two. February 155.37 at the close, that was up 90 cents. And April live cattle 158.67, that was up a half a dollar. Feeder cattle for October 180.92, down a half a dollar. November 182.77, down 20. January actually unchanged 184.22. And March was down a nickel at 187.05. Lean hog carcass contracts for October 96.05, up a dollar 35. December closed eighty seven sixty five up two thirty five. February ninety one twenty five up a dollar And April at ninety five thirty seven up a dollar sixty. And on the board of trade, a quiet trade yesterday. As markets were lower and uh, still under pressure overnight. December corn down another three cents at six seventy four. December oats at three ninety seven. Wheat down a penny at eight forty four. November soybeans down six at 1445 about three days ago beans were 1499 on that November contract soybean meal October down 230 a ton at 43220 cheese unchanged barrels and blocks 206 butter down three and a half but still 317 and a quarter class three prices lower yesterday again September down 8 at 1983 October down 23 at 2138 November down 34 at 2139 December down 24 at 2146 in January. Down 22 at 2110. And uh, that's the way the markets look this morning. Brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Ten and a half after 5 o'clock. We'll get some of our farm news next.
6: The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm
2: Report. 64 degrees and uh, once again, lots going on in the world of agriculture. We're going to talk about Mr. Vilsack being here. But probably the most important story, Jill, is the fact that uh, the railroads are going to keep running.
0: You bet. Agriculture and a lot of other industries are breathing a sigh of relief with the announcement that nationwide railroad strike is not going to happen. President Biden announced yesterday that long and intense negotiations between major railroads and their unions were successful in preventing a work stoppage. The talks involve 12 union representing engineers, conductors, mechanics, and other railroad workers. The details of the agreement haven't yet been fully released, but it is good news for the food and fuel industries, including ethanol, which uses railroads to move 90% of its production. Officials do say that because the deal came so late that there will be some disruptions in the supply chain, since some things were already put in motion to anticipate that, strike. And they did talk about that a little bit yesterday. That was a hot topic that uh, Secretary Vilsack addressed and they said they locked him in rooms and told him they had to come out with a solution.
2: And they did. They did. But uh, Mr. Vilsack uh, talked about that and a lot of other things right here in our area. He did. Washington came to Wisconsin
0: yesterday. U.S. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack was on the Don and Chris Anabas Family Farm in Pepin County yesterday to explain more of the details of the Biden administration's $2.8 billion partnership for Climate Smart Commodities Program. The money will fund projects to create more and better market opportunities for the production that uses more climate smart practices in the future. That includes not only crops, but also dairy, livestock, and other farm production. And we get to hear from Tom... Secretary Vilsack a little bit about it the first he's first answering the question about collecting the data from this program and the need for high-speed internet and then he talks more about the smart um, climate commodities program.
4: Well, I think speed Internet's coming to the countryside uh, because of the bipartisan infrastructure law. We're going to have a significant amount of investment over the course of the next couple of years to ensure that people have access to that, uh, that very important tool uh, in the 21st century. So we're excited about this opportunity. We think that there are... Uh, 16 projects or so in, in Wisconsin where producers will be able to benefit. I think there's a, a way in which they will be able to sh- ensure that the data that they're collecting is, is is accumulated and and provides direction and help. We're going to learn a lot from these projects. 70 projects, um, $2.8 billion committed to it. But it sounds like a lot of money, but there were over $20 billion of requests, uh, over 1,000 applications because farmers, ranchers, and, and uh, forested landowners Producers are very interested in this and very ready for it.
0: And so w- there's a lot of money going out there, and this is kind of just a pilot program. We also talked a little bit about how the pilot wasn't going to be uh, penalized if they already had it started. And then the next question we a- was asked of him about the research and using less fertilizer on the field, and he- they brought up the less food waste and that's where he kind of took off with a program they had to use less, the, less food waste and get that out of the landfills.
4: Well, we have a food waste initiative uh, in which we are identifying thousands of food companies working with USDA to be champions to encourage folks to figure out creative ways uh, to to significantly reduce food waste. Uh, We we need to cut our food waste. We put too much of it in the landfill. That creates too much methane. Uh, It also uh, can save uh, families money. Uh, And so uh, part of uh, the, the challenge is to make sure we make full use of what we do grow and raise. At the same time, I think it is important given high input costs, uh, to be responsive and and sensitive to that. That's why we've got to produce more in the U.S. So we've got a fertilizer uh, program which the president doubled in size, $500 million, uh, directing me and the department to figure out ways in which we can produce more here in the U.S. It's a way in which we can share uh, research and information that ensures that farmers are using uh, the uh, nutrient management in the right way, in the right place, the right time, the right source. Uh, we're doing that with our nutrient management plan that we just announced uh, through NRCS. Uh, so there are opportunities, I think, to reduce opportunities to use more efficiently, opportunities to produce more here in the U.S. So hopefully, over time, we get uh, uh, we get a better uh, better opportunity for farmers to improve their bottom line.
2: Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack at the Anabas Farm yesterday, talking about that uh, new program the administration put out, Partnerships for Climate Smart Commodities program. As he said, 16 in Wisconsin, 17 in Minnesota. Did they have a a breakdown of what those projects were in Wisconsin and Minnesota? Do we have access to that at this point in time?
0: We do not have access to the exact numbers, but it went from everything from planting trees to the dairy farming to... Um, using less fertilizer and working on getting the fertilizer produced in the United States.
2: Yeah, it's dairy, it's livestock, it's crops, it's uh, across the country 25 to 50 million acres. It's going to be a pretty inclusive program, that is for sure. Well, uh, that's Washington, but Madison's also coming to western Wisconsin today, aren't they?
0: They are. The Wisconsin Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protection has given counties across the state Time to apply to host. Oops, wrong one. Oh, go ahead. That'll, it leads into the next <laughs> one. Okay. Go ahead. Time to apply to host future Alice and Finals. That new date for is October twentieth. For a chance to host the twenty twenty four, twenty twenty five, twenty twenty six, or twenty twenty seven event. The finals are a three-day event that includes agribusiness tours, media interviews, candidate presentations on Wisconsin agriculture, and other activities that lead up to the selection of the new Alice. The 2023 finals to select our 76th Alice will be next May in Walworth County. The honor of announcing the new Alice always goes to our State Agriculture Secretary, Currently, that's Randy Romansky, and he will be in western Wisconsin this morning to announce a new partnership with the UW-River Falls College of Agriculture, Food, and Environmental Sciences. The partnership is a new meat processing program on the River Falls campus. The program is part of Governor Evers' Meat Talent Development Program to develop more meat industry workers and provide more meat processing in the state and our livestock industry.
2: All right, so that'll be a good program over at River Falls and It'll be a little easier to have access to Randy Romansky than it was Tom Vilsack.
0: Yeah, I don't think there'll be guys probably what, carrying <laughs> the badges and uh, yeah, badges and, and guns and yeah. looking over you.
2: So that'll be that'll be coming up today. Jill will be over there doing that. Is I'm going to spend more time with my son, so that's a that's a good thing too. So we'll get an update on what that program is all about. Also, we're uh, going to hear you again here in a moment. Yes. Shelby Ellison, what's that all about?
0: I got to talk to Doctor Shelby Ellison. She is. Really into the hemp research down at UW-Madison. Everything from making paper to clothes.
2: All right, so we'll hear all about that coming up on Wax. It's almost 20 minutes after 5 already. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
0: Well, the Wax truck is on an adventure again. We went down to Toma to Monroe County, for the industrial hemp. For grain and fiber field days and I met up with Dr. Shelby Ellison. She's an assistant professor at UW-Madison in the Department of Horticulture and you're doing studies with hemp. So what are some of your research programs that you're doing?
1: Uh, my research program specifically focuses on the genetics and breeding of industrial hemp. So. There are three main products in hemp. You can grow it for flower production, which is where those cannabinoids like CBD come from. You can grow it for grain production or the seed, where hemp seed is very nutritious. It has high protein and high oil content. Or you can grow it for the stem or stalk of the plant, which is where all the fiber is found. That's the traditional use of hemp. It's a long, strong fiber. So my lab specifically focuses on different cultivars or we try to find as much seed as we can from around it could be coming from Canada, it could be coming from Europe, other parts of the world, as well as some of the feral hemp or the ditch weed that grows around the Midwest. and we look at specific traits in all of that hemp and figure out which cultivars or which types of hemp have the highest yield for those three things. So we might be um, doing stem yields, we might be doing grain yield or grain uh, analysis for oil and protein content or different characteristics, high cannabinoid content, looking at um, the composition. And then the idea is from that to figure out what performs the best here in Wisconsin, taking those and breeding improved varieties and looking at what are the kind of common pests or stressors here. You know, we don't necessarily need to breed for drought tolerance in Wisconsin, but we might have some unique insects that are um, going to cause some decreases in yield. So we look for varieties that might have disease resistance or insect resistance to to those common pests and so it's a little bit of looking at the genetics understanding what controls those traits and a little bit of picking the varieties to then start our breeding program with to develop new cultivars that perform well here and
0: speaking of varieties there's more than one or two right
1: yes there there are dozens at this trial here i think there's 18 but um, at a trial i'm growing down in arlington i think we're looking at 130 different types of hemp Um, So it's a pretty large survey of all of those different traits that we study to see which of those uh, different cultivars or accessions or types performed the best.
0: And along with growing those different types, how much crossbreeding happens without us really knowing?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. So hemp is an open-pollinated crop. So one thing that we have to be very careful of in our breeding program and when we're doing research is that there's not that ditchweed or feral hemp or other hemp farmers that are nearby where that pollen might be coming over from their field or vice versa and, and making unintentional crosses. So a lot of what we do when it comes down to the actual breeding and crosses is inside a greenhouse in a controlled environment. So you mentioned diseases and insects. What are some of those diseases out there? You know, people used to say that there were no diseases or any sort of insect pressure in hemp um, That is not the case. It's like any other uh, agricultural crop. There are common diseases and pests. But um, the first couple years, we really surveyed what they were. This year has been a tremendous year. Very low insect and pest pressure so far. But a few of the usual suspects, so there's some boring insects. There's the European corn borer and the Eurasian hemp borer. Um, Those seem to be the most problematic insects. Um, There's also aphids. But as far as I've seen, the lady beetles tend to take care of those very well And then there's some fungal diseases that come on later in the season, and that can be bad because, you know, you have your crop, you're ready to either harvest your flower or your seed, and then all of a sudden you get some fungus and it takes over and you you don't have anything to sell anymore. Um, So that is a botrytis that's very common. Um, and then there's some viruses that have been popping up, which is interesting. So I actually have someone in my lab that's looking at surveying all of the common viruses that are found. So growers are submitting samples from across the, across the state, and we're just understanding what is there and what seems to be the most detrimental towards yield.
0: And you even talked about the weed problem. Is there a weed problem?
1: One big thing that the extension crew and here down in at Whirling Thunder with Ho Chunk that we've been working on is understanding the agronomic practices. So when do we plant the hemp and at what density? And early on, with poor hemp establishment, weeds can be quite competitive against the young hemp. So you want to have a really good seed bed, relatively weed free to start. But then once that hemp reaches about you know knee height it becomes incredibly competitive against weeds. So as long as you have a good initial stand, seed establishment, hemp becomes very competitive and and pretty much will shade out any other weed around. So we're growing the hemp. What are we going to do with it? Yeah, that's a good question. And, you know, keeping in mind that in Wisconsin, we weren't even allowed to grow hemp until 2018. So we're still in the, the first four years here of producing hemp in the state, um... As I mentioned, there's those three major products, so the flowers for the cannabinoid cannabinoid extraction, the seed um, for either human consumption or potentially animal consumption, which is not currently legal but hopefully will be in the next year or two, and then the fiber production. So one of the major bottlenecks right now for the fiber production, people want hemp fiber for various uses, for building materials, for cloth- clothing, cordage, animal bedding, um People are interested in these products, but it's the processing out of the field. So when you get that raw hemp fiber and make it into the material, there's that infrastructure that's been missing. But the good news is that these decorticating facilities, the facilities that process the hemp fiber into those core components, they're they're being built. So there's some of them now that are coming to the country. This is what has been kind of the holdup for, for making hemp. But we have a couple of them popping up. Not yet a, I'm aware of in Wisconsin, so that seems like a, a good opportunity or some some novel think, thinking of how we can start processing this, but lots of new products, especially in the building area. And you talked a little bit about your pants.
0: <laughs> Tell me about your pants.
1: Yes. So being that I work in hemp, I feel like I have to support the hemp industry for certain. So. Um Patagonia is one of the companies that has a hemp line. So uh, right now I'm wearing um pants that are forty five percent, fifty five percent hemp cotton blend. Um they're they're you know, the word canvas actually came from the word cannabis, um which is hemp, and they make a very good workwear line. So I always wear hemp pants when I'm out in the field. So your hemp research, this is not a one year and done thing. How
0: long have you been at it? And how long do you feel like before you get it into the rotation of the farmers' fields?
1: Yeah, so this is a a hugely collaborative effort. So there's been folks in Extension and other growers around the state that have been doing this since it was legal in 2018. Um, Me at UW-Madison, I jumped in in 2020. But really, these are multi-year trials. We want to grow the same cultivars many years and see how they perform so we are finally getting to the point now where we have three four years of data really getting a good idea of what cultivars perform well here so we can make recommendations to the farmers if you want a grain type this is what you grow if you want a fiber type this is what you grow this is the planting date this is the planting density this is the fertility management so i think we're getting really close there there's some really good um extension publications and other peer-reviewed publications coming out to make those recommendations
2: and again, that's doctor Shelby Ellison talking about hemp. So your wardrobe gonna change? Uh no. You're not gonna have Patagonia pants? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Oh uh, <laughs> maybe, not...
0: maybe I'll check into it. Well <laughs> Maybe we'll uh, have to get some matching
2: ones or something. Oh, yeah, there you go. Farm <laughs> department pants. <laughs> All right, we've got 29 and a half minutes after 5. That's Shelby Ellison, the hemp researcher down at Madison, doing a wonderful job with that program. Speaking about doing a wonderful job, we're going to get a news update. That means Morgan's going to join us. For those who work in Acres not an
6: hour wax 104.5 and the
2: midwest farm report the only other woman i know besides the queen that will probably have about a seven hour funeral when she leaves because people have so much to say about her
7: (laughs) (laughs) you're pushing me out already (laughs) i mean i I know i'm getting long in the tooth bob but come on i've
2: known you for a long time (laughs) and you have so many friends there'll be so many (laughs) good things people will say about you
7: well, look who's, look who's talking. Look who's talking, Bob. We
2: don't know about that, but that is something. Seven hours. That's a, but she deserves 70 years. That's a long time.
7: Well, I'm telling you, on the world stage, continuing to that point, they were saying that uh, as just regular uh, people were coming through, the line was upwards of three miles long, 24 hours a day. So the planning for the Queen's funeral and ceremonies continue. But our headlines today, that brings us closer to home, and we'll start here in the 715. Good morning. Here's what we're learning today. Now, prosecutors in Eau Claire are uh, moving ahead with formal charges against a couple for an April homicide. 715 Newsroom coverage with John DeMaster puts together some of these pieces from that case earlier this spring. The
8: district attorney this week filed homicide charges against 55-year-old Tracy Clark and 46-year-old Brandon Gaston of Rockford, Illinois. Investigators say they killed a 79-year-old man in his Altoona home. His body was found a few days later in a river in Rockford. Clark and Gaston do back in court in Eau Claire next week. I'm John DeMaster. Well, the
7: national rail strike looks to be settled, but some of the trains here in our state still not running. And we'll tell you why. It's Amtrak yesterday that said they're going to continue to be disruptions on a train service from Chicago to Minneapolis. means those stops in Madison and the Dells are on hold. Amtrak canceled all of its long-distance routes this week ahead of that possible railroad strike that was averted and now back on the rails. But the trains from Milwaukee to Chicago are running on schedule, as we checked yesterday. Well, Wisconsin is getting millions of dollars in federal funding funding to help prevent suicides. The Wisconsin Department of Health Services says it's expecting to get almost $870,000 a year over the next five years to give to parts of the state with the highest rates. The department says suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in Wisconsin. Might be a little early to start thinking about taking the uh, gloves and mittens down to the barn with you, but uh, Eau Claire Parks and Rec would like to invite businesses, organizations and nonprofits to already start thinking about the 2022 Clearwater Winter Parade. You can find more details online at 715newsroom.com And of course, before we get to that point in the season, we have a season to kick off at Lambeau. The Bears and Packers waiting for game day on Sunday night like a lot of people across Wisconsin. I uh, hope to erase last week's whatever you want to call that. Packers Matt Coach Fleur says the two teams share a rich history. He knows the Packers-Bears thing and remembers the first game that he coached against them.
9: Complete chaos in that stadium, obviously opening the NFL season and, uh, on that Thursday night game. Um, now it was then the national anthem. I'll never forget that.
7: And hopefully you and your son get to uh, maybe share a cold one and watch that game together. It'll be the first one you've been able to watch together for a while. Go Pack Go! Back to the bar and we go with Bob Jill and the Midwest
2: Farm Show on Wax. Hopefully we can. We're going to start with the Badgers, then the Brewers, and then maybe the Packers. That's what I call a good weekend right there. Not bad, not bad. You have a good one, too. You as well, my friend. There goes Morgan in the newsroom this morning taking a look at what's going on as far as our news is concerned. Well, let's find out how our weather looks And uh, that's brought to you by Chippewa Valley Bean again this morning here on Wax. Derek Dahlman is over at the uh, Skywarn 13 weather room. Morning, Derek. Hey, good morning, Bob. Happy Friday. Yeah, I saw you outside doing the weather. I see you didn't have an umbrella or a rain jacket on yet, but I bet you know where it's
10: at. Uh, yes, it's coming, and it looks like more so later this afternoon into this evening, right on par with those high school football games again. So if you're heading out to any of those, uh, definitely be sure to download the Sky 113 weather app. You can track radar uh, live and uh, on that app as well and also have the rain gear handy. Otherwise, for much of our Friday, should stay dry. We are going to have a mix of sun and clouds. Could see breezes at times from the south-southwest and those temperatures working up to around 80. For tonight, we are going to have increasing chances of scattered showers and storms, partly to mostly cloudy skies. Lows do bottom off to the lower 60s. And then as we take a look at your weekend for tomorrow, we are going to see a mix of sun and clouds, a few scattered showers and storms possible once again, those high temperatures back into the lower 80s before we do cool it off slightly into the upper 70s on Sunday with just a spotty shower or storm possible. Right now in Eau Claire, it's currently 65 degrees. I'm Skywarn 13 meteorologist Derek Dahlman.
2: Now, for those of us heading to Madison tomorrow for the Wisconsin football game, what does it look like down there? It starts at
10: 2.30 kickoff. Yeah, pretty similar, unfortunately, down there. I still think, well, that chance of scattered showers and storms, at least it's scattered in nature, so there should be quite a few breaks. And those okay. temperatures are pretty similar as well, a few degrees above average.
2: Sounds good. Hey, Derek, have a great weekend. You
10: as well, Bob. Thanks.
2: There he goes, Derek Dahlman, over in the weather room. That's Skywarn 13, helping us out here on WAC. Our weather, brought to you by Chippewa Valley Bean of Menominee. Chippewa Valley Bean, the world's largest kidney bean processor, based right here in Menominee, Wisconsin, wishes all the great Wisconsin farmers a productive and successful end to our 2022 growing season. With harvest just around the corner, it's the perfect time to be looking ahead to next year's rotation, which could include kidney beans. Kidney beans are competitively priced and highly profitable, making them a great addition to your rotation. Call Ben at 715-664-8342 or visit them at cvbean.com to see if growing kidney beans is right for you
6: the crack of dawn never sounded so good wax 104.5 and the midwest farm report
2: once again we're about 65 degrees we've got about 77 and again chance of rain later on today and into tomorrow busy busy weekend we talked about the fact that uh, we got Oktoberfest in chippewa falls they'll uh, identify the fest meister and Meisterin later on tap the golden keg and start drinking beer up at the fairgrounds in Chippewa Falls. But uh, another fairgrounds that's going to be busy, the Dunn County Fairgrounds. We're going to hear about that activity next. Wax 104.5 and the
6: Midwest Farm Report.
2: This weekend, the Dunn County Fairgrounds of Menominee is going to be very, very busy. Les Vold is with us. Les, of course, from the Osseo area. And Les, people that know you know that uh, you're into horse pulling following your dad and uncle but what's going on at Menominee this weekend?
11: This weekend is our big uh, Wisconsin National Pony and Horse Pull. Uh, three associations, the Wisconsin Pony Pullers, the Midwest Farmers Pullers, and the Wisconsin Horse Pullers Association.
2: How did this get started?
11: Uh, the Wisconsin Pony Pullers started the National Pony Pulls back probably in the early 70s, and then they kind of... About twenty some years ago, invited the Midwest Horse and the Wisconsin Pony, Wisconsin Horse Poles, into this. this and have this big pull all together in three days.
2: Now this is going to be at the Dunn County Fairgrounds. Weather's not going to be a problem.
11: Weather is not a problem at all because we pull indoors. So if it's raining, we're covered, and if it's warm out, the doors are open and the air flows through, so it's nice and cool.
2: So about how many horses and ponies will be on the grounds? How many states are they coming from? How big a deal is this?
11: It's a very big deal. Uh, One year we had over 100 teams in all three classes together. Um, I'd say this year you're probably in that 50 to 60 teams, uh, and they're coming from the state of Minnesota, Indiana, all of Wisconsin. We covered the whole state of Wisconsin, and we'll possibly have a team coming all the way from the state of Washington.
2: I know they've come from Washington in the past. Give us a schedule, Les, of uh, what horses ponies are pulling when. Friday it starts off at 6 o'clock
11: with the 49-inch ponies. Starting around 7.30 will be the Wisconsin Horse Pullers Lightweight Class. On Saturday, we get started at 10.30 with the 51-inch ponies. Noon will be the Wisconsin uh, Barefooters 3,100-pound class. At 3 o'clock, we'll have the 53-inch ponies. 5 o'clock, we have a live auction, and at 6 o'clock to finish that night off, we have the Wisconsin Horse Middleweight class. Sunday morning, we start at 9.30 a.m. with the Wisconsin Horse Association Heavyweight class, followed at noon with the Midwest Farmers Heavyweight class.
2: What's that 5 o'clock Saturday live auction? What's in that?
11: Live auction, we have fire rings, uh, dairy vacuums, uh, horse quilts, handmade Quilts, blankets that they auction off, um, mums, stuff like that.
2: Now tell me about the Wisconsin uh, horse pullers and the uh, also the Midwest Farmers Association. They're a little bit different in how they pull, aren't they? Yeah, we're a
11: little different. Our all our uh, Wisconsin Horse Pull Association, our horses are all shod, so they have sharp shoes on them to, for pulling traction. The barefoot association is those horses are barefoot, no shoes.
2: Now, you talk 3,100 pounds. What does that mean?
11: 3,100 pounds is what the team can weigh for that class. In our classes, our teams are thirty six or 3,400 pounds and 3,600 pounds and then heavyweights.
2: For the folks who want to come and watch this, can we but get tickets in advance or is it the same price in advance and at the door and how much is it?
11: Tickets are all the same price in advance or at the door. Tickets are $10 or 3 for 25 Gets you in all three days, plus a raffle of 300 250 200 or 150 So not only do you get in to watch the entertainment, you all got the chance to win some money.
2: And that's Les Valdonacio. And Les says, I've never won it, but I'm going to give her a shot again this year. And, of course, following the tradition of uh, John and, and uh, Les, his dad and uncle, started pulling back in the 60s, so uh, the voles are still pulling horses. And you can see them this week at the Dunn County Fairgrounds. Again, it all starts this evening at 6 o'clock and Saturday and Sunday as well as we said. Weather or not a factor, they pull indoors. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And something else you might want to take in. They've been busy over at the Clark County Fairgrounds the last few days. And uh, if you're looking for a riding horse, they're going to have a riding horse auction at the Clark County Fairgrounds at 5 o'clock. That'll start at 5 o'clock this afternoon. And uh, as we said, that's been uh, going on for... uh, Few days over there, but uh, tonight, five o'clock or this afternoon, riding horse auction. Speaking of auctions, Jill, let's get to it.
0: Yeah, that's quarter to six. It's 62 degrees out there, and it's time to hear from Jim Lindsay of Equity Altoona.
8: Choice Beef Steers and Heifers $1.20 to $1.46. We had a top of $1.49 on Tuesday. Choice Dairy Cross Steers and Heifers $1.20 to $1.42. High-yielding Choice and Prime Holstein Steers $1.31 to $1.42. We had a top of $1.47 on Tuesday. Choice Holstein Steers $1.20 to $1.30. Select, underfinished, heavyweight, oversized steers and heifers $1.19 and down. Top 20% of the cull cows sold from $79 to $88 with a top of $92.50. 60% of the cows sold from $62 to $78. The bottom 20% of the cows sold from $61 and down. 80% of the organic cows sold from $90 to $1. ten. The bottom 20% of the organic cows sold from 89 and down. Cow bulls sold from $85 to $1. five. We had a top on Tuesday of $1. twelve. Thin, full horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound up Holstein bull calves sold from $50 to $125 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $50 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from $100 to $280. We had an extreme top of 405 our next special feeder sale is Friday, September 23rd. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market and Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day.
6: Keeping it rural. Wax one zero four point five and the Midwest Farm Report.
2: Well, let's go over the Equity Stratford sale barn and talk to Grandpa this morning, Jerry Fitzgerald. You got to go to school today, huh?
5: Yeah, we do, Bob. We're looking forward. We got to some kind of an event at the elementary school for uh, our grandchildren, so we're looking forward to that today. So that'll be uh, that'll be a nice activity. So yeah, well, we uh, all the all the grandkids are in school now. Isn't that something?
2: Yeah, it, uh, they grow up in a hurry. That's for sure. Well, wrap up the week. What's it been like in Stratford this week?
5: I'll do that, Bob. Thank you. And good morning, everyone. Today, Thursday, and this past week we're at Equity Stratford. We'll start out with the market auction on yesterday's sale. High yielding fleshy TMR fed Holstein cows, high yielding beef cows on yesterday's sale We're selling from 77 up to 90. Uh, Most of the cows this week sold between 60 and 76, and with your thinner cows below $60 money. Organic cows on Tuesday, uh, sold mostly from a $1 dollar to a dollar thirteen. Now back to the conventional type market on the bulls yesterday and this week here, better quality bulls from 93 to 114, lighter bulls below 90. In the, uh, fed cattle trade this week, choice grading Holstein steers mostly from 122 to 132, high yielding choice strictly prime Holstein's from 133 to a top of 142 and a half, grading cattle 120 and below. Uh, Calf market closed very strong yesterday on the on all the class of the calves. uh, Hosting bull calves yesterday mostly from seventy-five to one hundred and ninety, topping at two dollars a pound on the bull calves, two hundred dollars on those top. Effer calves yesterday mostly from uh, thirty-five to seventy, and beef calves also very strong from. 175 up to 405 on those black calves. And full marketing week on tap here at Equity Stratford for next week, of course. And, uh, that will include our next hay sale on Tuesday, also next dairy sale next Tuesday, uh, feeder cattle sale next Wednesday. Just want to look ahead a little bit, folks. Turn your calendars over, uh, on Wednesday, October 5th will be our next special bread beef cow sale. So, uh, we've already got consignments for that, uh, taking consignments for that. So if you got some bread beef cows, if you're looking to buy or sell, that'll be October 5th at noon, special bread beef cow sale. Bob, that's what we have here on a Friday morning. We'll turn it back to you guys. You enjoy the weekend. A lot of stuff going on as per usual. And uh, folks,
2: enjoy the weekend. And weather does not sound too bad, does it? Not bad. We got a little moisture, but you better get your raking hay yesterday. You better get it up because it's going to rain later on today. Yeah,
5: I think they got it all in yesterday. Oh, so good that's deal. So kind of... That should kind of put the end of the haymaking season with, boy, four beautiful crops of hay this year. It's just been
2: great. Yeah, it really has. Have a good weekend and a good Grandparents Day. Speaking of equity, before we get out of that, I want to say congratulations, Bryce Cragnus. Bryce, of course, is the assistant manager at the Altoona Sale Barn, and Bryce is getting married tomorrow. So congratulations to Bryce and Morgan on that big event. I think he even got the day off. Wax one hundred
6: four point five and the Midwest Farm Report. Quiet
2: trade on the board of trade yesterday, but it was a little lower and a little lower overnight. December corn overnight down three cents, six seventy four. The oats were actually up three at three ninety seven. December wheat down one eight forty four. November soybeans down six at fourteen forty five. October meal down two thirty a ton at four hundred thirty two dollars and twenty cents. And country elevators,
0: wheat and grain, Chippewa Falls and Connersville location. Corns at six thirty nine. With soybeans at thirteen seventy four. Doomer's Grain of Holman corn's at 618 and soybeans are at
2: 1378. And the DTM screen shows us that the corn at Golden Plump today is 624 a bushel, Baldwin 614, the beans 1364, Duran 604 and 1354 and Mondovi the corn 609, beans 1364, Elmwood 614 and 1370 at Fall Creek the corn's under $6.99. Beans of 1339, Osseo 619 on the corn, 1370 on the beans, Elk Mound 634 and 1372, the highest prices, as I can say pretty much by far down at, uh, Sparta. 667 on the corn, 1386 on the beans. Ellsworth is 594 and beans 1339 at the ethanol plants. Boyceville 638. Stanley 623. New Richmond 621 on the corn. Cheese unchanged 206. Both barrels and blocks. Butter down a little 317 and a quarter. September class three down eight at 1983. October down 23 at 2138. November down 34 at 2139. December down 24 at 2146. January down 22 at 2110. It's a Friday morning here at WAX, and it's time to welcome Reverend Brent Wink on our program, Looking at the Crops, Covering the Crops, with the Reverend this morning, Winfield United, Ag Division of Land Lakes. What's this about you being a preacher now? An ordained
9: minister, I guess. I had a nephew and his fiance ask me here a couple months ago if I would do the honors of helping them tie the knot tomorrow, so... Well, good for you. Got all my paperwork in, and... Passed all the background checks and <laughs> got, uh, uh, yeah, it was, it was a little difficult, but you know it's, it's kind of hard just working on all the sermon and words of wisdom and there you go. still well, to keep you, the whole ceremony like 20 minutes or less, I
2: think well, is what I was instructed to do. Well, there you go. Speaking of words of wisdom, what do you have for us the, as far as the crops, words of wisdom? Yeah,
9: absolutely. Uh, A few things this week. First off, met a couple of new agronomists for uh, Synergy Co-op over out of the Chippewa Falls location. So Kyle Hilger and Mark Erickson, a couple of new faces over there. Got to spend some time with them.
2: Familiar Uh, names?
9: Yes. So looking forward to them working with growers in in this area. So a couple of really good guys that's going to do very well for Synergy Co-op. But, uh, you know, as I've always said, this is the time of year to be out walking fields seeing what's going on before that uh, corn crop uh, completely turns brown and getting ready for harvest so I spent some of uh this week doing just that kind of taking some yield checks with some different growers kind of throughout this whole territory and you know that's it always gives you kind of a a reference but it's just you know uh, where you happen to stop in the field but some really nice hand checks in some of the corn fields that I was in I mean we we're finding grain estimate yields anywhere from 175 to 225 bushel pretty consistently obviously you got some headlands and other areas of the field that are going to bring those averages down but uh, the other thing you know tar spot that's it tar spot really is a foliar disease that's pretty new to the united states it was probably 2015 or 16 i believe first found in illinois and indiana and it's just kept creeping its way north and north and north. And, and actually, last year in 2021, it was probably one of the worst outbreaks that we saw kind of south of here, down around Lacrosse, Crosse, Baraboo. A lot of that area down there was kind of ground zero for it. And so it's, it's moved further and further north each year. Last year, we found it in Barron County as far north as Barron County. So walking fields, I am finding it. The easiest way to identify it, it is just like tar on the leaves, and, and you can't rub that tar off. And, and usually it it's, doesn't seem like it's as bad this year, and I think it was more weather. Uh, it's really something that a little cooler temperatures and a lot of dew at night, so uh, six, seven, eight hours of dew at night, so high humidity uh, can really trigger it. And I think this year with our warmer temperatures, we kind of staved it off a little bit, but I'm definitely am finding that out in fields i don't think it'll have as great of an impact as it had a year ago but as growers you you know we you sit and listen to everything all summer long about what you can do to improve your crop and this is certainly one of those diseases that can be fixed with a fungicide application so just knowing do you have it present on your farm and so i really encourage growers and work with your agronomist get out take a look at these plants Take a look at your farms and fields and see if that's something that uh, is present out on your farm. So definitely finding it
2: and uh, something to keep an eye on. i got to ask you, you said it showed up in the United States. Where did it come from? From imported Uh, seed stock or uh, where? You know, I, I...
9: I would assume wind currents and things. that has been in Mexico for oh, a, long, Mexico. a long time. Okay. So, yeah, another thing that we got from Mexico, I guess, Bob. Yeah. They let that across the border, too.
2: <laughs> the wall couldn't stop it, huh? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> no chance. Well, you have a, a good wedding tomorrow, and I, I hope they record it. I want to see your performance here. Well,
9: I, I better tell my wife to, to do that and put Absolutely. it on YouTube or something. You oh. enjoy the weekend with your son back yeah, from the
2: military. Yeah, Thank we, him for all of the... Hard work to keep us safe. We will do that, and you have a you have a great weekend. Thank you, sir. You bet. All right, Brent Wink with us once again, as he is every Friday during the planting, growing, and harvesting season, covering the crops with Winfield United uh, Division of Land Lakes. As we have a busy weekend coming up, and again, don't forget the horse and pony pole. We've got. Uh, Chippewa Falls, Oktoberfest, and just so many other things going on. A little rain later on tonight for the high school football games. Be careful of that lingering into tomorrow as well. But still warm, 70s and 80s. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at
6: WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi And the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.